0: Good morning, everybody. I know. It is good to see everybody this morning. Welcome, welcome to Lindsay Lane East. Welcome to our friends who are joining us via live stream, uh, either live or, or recorded. I uh, hope you all are having a, a good day so far, this soggy day in North Alabama. Uh, as we prepare our hearts to, to start a new sermon series, we're going to take the next few weeks to kind of walk through some of the basic truths and tenets of our faith. Um, Heath actually picked a real easy one this first week. Um, we're going to talk about the Trinity. So nice, easy, light topic uh, for a Sunday morning. So let's all stand to our feet. Um, we're going to worship first. We're going to worship him, praise him for who he is, and, uh, and just thank him for, for his many blessings. So let's worship together. Here we go.
1: It's who I am, your good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are. This
0: Gracious Father, we are so grateful for who you are, for how you've revealed yourself to us. And God, that you saw fit to send your Son to die on a cross on our behalf. And gracious Fathers, we open your word this morning to, to study the truth of who you are, of how you revealed yourself through the three persons of eternity. God, I am just so grateful is such a good thing that we can't fully wrap our human minds around it because that brings you down to our level. And we know that God Almighty is not at man's level. Father, I just pray that as we open your word today and we study this truth, I pray that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts, reveal something new to us today that we may not have known before. Don't let us leave this place the same. God, I pray over Heath as he brings this message. It's a, it's a complex message. It's often misunderstood. And I just pray that you would speak through him, give him clarity of word so that we can hear directly from you today. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity that, that Heath and his wife and his family had to, to go on vacation this past week and just sort of recharge the batteries a little bit. Let's pray that you just speak through him today. Speak directly to our hearts. We need to hear from you today, Lord. We love you. And we praise you. And we thank you for Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. Amen.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad you guys came out this morning. I'm excited uh, to be able to preach. I was out last week and uh, so thankful that, man, we have such a good associate pastor here to fill in. Uh, so thankful for Kenny and his heart for ministry and uh, just his heart for people. And that uh, he was willing to preach last week, and so if you missed that, you can check that out on our on our website and all that stuff. Uh, we'd love uh, to have you join. Uh, check that out if you missed it. If you're watching uh, this online, if you're here today, and this is your first time worshiping with us, and we're so excited that you're here. Uh, in the back of the seat in front of you is a card. Uh, what we call our connect card. Grab that. Fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. Uh, check the first time guest block on the back. Drop it by, Next Steps, because today we have a special gift for you, a Lindsay Lane East t-shirt and just a little bit of information about our church. would love to give you that today. Um, this is our gift. Even if you've been coming for a few weeks and just never filled out the card, never got the free t-shirt, take us up on it. We want to give you the free t-shirt, so fill out the card, all right? Um, and so today we're, we're, we're kicking off this new uh, message series called Summer School, um, and I'm not trying to bring up sore... Uh, moments from your past for some of you. If you had to go to summer school, this is going to be easier, I hope, than that. Uh, it's a plan anyway. Uh, it's going to be more fun than that. Uh, in this series, we're looking at some basic beliefs that we have as the church today. These are not like uh, official core beliefs of the church. These are foundational beliefs that we have as Christians. Um, we're going to get into some things that are distinctively kind of from our branch of Christianity and the way that we interpret it, but a lot of it's just going to be overarching general building blocks that you need to have in place in your life if you're going to love God and follow him uh, in Christ like you should. And so today, uh, we're taking, or this, over the next two months, uh, we're going to be looking at eight topics this summer. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Just a a warning, uh, I didn't preach last week, and I'm not preaching next week either. Isn't that lazy? (laughs) Man, y'all are a lazy preacher. Um, I'm actually doing something a lot harder next week. Uh, for me anyway, which is leading worship. Um, So we're having a change up next week. Uh, We're swapping things up next week. Uh, Our staff's going to be in different places. And so I'm going to be stepping behind the guitar and leading worship, which hasn't happened since I was 21 years old. Um, So it's going to be a little rusty. So that's going to be a show, right? Like we should have a record breaking attendance next week just to come and hear Heath blow this. Um, but it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be leading worship and then Patrick uh, is actually gonna be preaching next week. He's been preaching on our second topic which is sin. Uh so I gave him a real easy one, you know. Um so uh <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Patrick's going to do an awesome job with it. I'm excited uh, just to hear his heart um, and uh, kind of provide us a a foundation, again, of what sin is next week. And so make sure that you come out and be a part of that, uh, because if nothing else, uh, it'll be worth me blowing everything, okay? Um, It'll be a lot of fun. Um, So this morning, we're going to be focusing on the very nature of who God is to kind of kick this series off uh, by looking, I think, at what's probably one or two on the list of most confusing things about what we believe. All right. Um, it's been a common argument argument in my house for some time now. Uh, with my little ones, I have a five and a seven-year-old over who God is. I can remember the first time I heard Elsie Joe correct Daniel. No, Daniel, Jesus is God. And she said it just like that, which was really creepy. Um, but then Daniel replied, no, he's Jesus. <laughs> right? And then the fist fight ensued, and I pushed him apart, and I said, you're both right. Stop fighting, right? He is Jesus, and He's also God. And so today we're actually going to be looking at um, what is not just an argument between my kids, but uh, a conversation that's been going on for 2,000 years. Um, or even longer than that, probably before uh, Christ coming to the earth, is who is God and his nature, and what does it look like? And as I put at the top of your handout, if you've got that, um, do we serve one God or three? That's the question uh, that stands before us as as Christians today. And so the Bible refers to God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, yet they are one God. And so today, uh, that's what we're going to tackle, all right? Coming back from the beach to talk about that that'll be fun um here's what i need you to know this morning you will not go to lunch today with a super clear picture of this just a heads up i just thought that would be a good way to start off like i'm not going to do as good a job preaching this as you think i will but it's good because the bible itself doesn't answer every question that's going to come into your mind today the, answer, the Bible is not going to give you, even if you study from beginning to end, the Bible will not give you every answer you want in regards to God as three in one. And I'm going to tell you today, by the end, if you'll hang with me, that that is really good news. All right? Um, I'm going to start with a verse that, uh, that helped the Israelites a ton a long time ago. Deuteronomy 29.29. Uh, 29. This is Moses speaking on behalf of God to the people of Israel. The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever so that we may follow all the words of this law. So Moses helped the Israelites out by reminding them that there are a bunch of things, a whole bunch of things that God has revealed to us in his word, a bunch that are very clear, And as he said, those things belong to us and to our children. We need to learn those things. We need to teach them to the next generation. We can know the character of God, that he is loving, gracious, full of justice, peace, uh, and mercy. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, and ever-present. We know that he loves all nations, not just one, and has a desire for all men to come to repentance and faith. There's a lot of stuff we can know just about God. But here, Moses says, there are hidden things. And the argument is, don't worry about those. (laughs) Our job as believers is not to sit around and ponder the hidden things, but to lock in to the revealed things and let them change us. Today, I'm not going to touch on the hidden things. (laughs) Uh, You can grab coffee with somebody and... Talk about all the things, all the questions you have that you don't feel like the Bible answers, and you can invite me if you buy my coffee. Well, I can, I'll go with you. Um, but what I want to focus on, what my ministry, this church, my life, what I want it to be focused on, are the revealed things because there are enough to keep me busy as long as the Lord gives me. Amen. All right. Before we dive into this topic, I'm going to voice a prayer, and then we're going to go. Uh, father we thank you for today god we thank you that um that in your word we do see god uh, you as father son and holy spirit and um god yet one god and uh, it kind of makes our heads spin and god it's confusing because it's it it doesn't make sense in our physical space um, that we're used to and um, it's not something we can necessarily test and 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 address scientifically but god uh, what we see in your word is that this is your nature. And, God, I pray that today um, you'd help us understand more about who you are. And, God, that we would actually find peace and joy in our unanswered questions. We love you, Father, and we thank you for sending uh, your son and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So over the uh, – I have in my notes 30 minutes, but I didn't preach last week. And I'm not preaching next week, so, you know. Hope you brought lunch. Um, Now, uh, hopefully over the next 30 minutes, my goal is to provide for you a biblical definition of God as Trinity, which is like the theological term that we use to refer to God as three persons, Trinity. But instead of waiting to build on that and keeping you in suspense till the end and then putting the whole thing together, let me just give it to you. okay? so if you doze off and you sleep through the rest of it, you at least got the definition. okay? so here it is. We serve, and this is not just my definition. This is an age-old definition that has been has been uh, has been put together by theologians and Christians and the church uh, over the last two thousand years. We serve one God, who exists in three distinct persons. Each one has a distinct role, and each one is fully God. Now, in that definition, are all the things that the Bible is clear about. Um, and doesn't touch on the hidden things um, that the Bible doesn't reveal. So God is one, yet at the same time He is three. We know this because that's what the Bible teaches from beginning to end. And my goal, uh, well, really through June and July, we're going to be studying mainly through the Book of Ephesians. Um, but to, to some, you're going to hear a lot of Ephesians uh, passages today. But I'm also going to pull a lot of other things because my goal until we get to the end, is to help you see that God has always existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that the Bible screams that from the first pages to the last. And honestly, if you start getting overwhelmed thinking about it, you're right where you need to be, okay? So hang with me, and let's do this thing together. Paul uh, begins the book of Ephesians, uh, who's the author. He begins the book of Ephesians doing something that most of us are not comfortable with, uh, when you read Ephesians, you'll notice that Paul Paul can talk about God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit like a boss, right? Like he can do it like a, he, he'll just, he'll be talking about the role of the Father, and then he'll shift over to the Son, and then he'll shift to the, the Spirit, and then back to the Son, and back to the Father. And it's this just beautiful theology of the Trinity right before our eyes. And I'm sitting there going, wait, who are we talking about now? Who is this? So let me just show you, let me show you. Um, there are four times in the, just in the book of Ephesians that he refers to all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, within the same paragraph. Twice he even does it in the same sentence, and that one's fun. I want to share those with you um, because Paul had absolutely no problem talking about God as three different persons. You and I have got to strive to have the same comfort level with God's nature. Look at this, Ephesians 2, verse 18. For through him, he's actually been talking about Jesus, who is the Son of God, for through the Son, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. It just, it's like it just rolls out of his mouth, this idea that God is three persons. We stay up and night thinking about it, and Paul's just talking about it like it's, it makes sense. In him, this is verse 22, in him, talking again about the Son, in the Son, you are also being built together for God's uh, dwelling, which God, because of the argument he's been making, is referring to the Father. So in Jesus, the Son, you are being built together for the Father's dwelling in the Spirit. He's just f- spitting it out here. This is one you may be more familiar with. Ephesians 4, 4-6. through 6, There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, which is a word that Paul uses to refer to Jesus. One faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. In every one of these situations... Paul doesn't speak of some narrow idea of God, a singular God with a narrow character and role. He refers to three distinct persons with three separate roles in every situation. And this is a common theme throughout Scripture. And I want to show you today three moments where we get really, really robust pictures of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to start, not in Ephesians. But in the very beginning, Genesis one, one, if you're taking notes, three persons at creation is what we're beginning with. Three persons at creation. Genesis one, one and two. That's the first page of your Bible. You can just put there if you'd like. Um, this is how it begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and void. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And what we find out as the story goes on, that it's it's the Father who is speaking things into existence. We know that. It's the Father's voice. But then who is hovering over the the surface of this chaotic waters? Who is it? The Spirit of God. So right from the very beginning, from the first two verses of the text, We're seeing a father and a spirit. But who seems to be missing? The son. So when does he get created? Ah, he's not. All right, let's go. John chapter 1. This is really cool. Uh, John chapter 1. John actually begins the same way that Genesis 1-1 did. He says, in the beginning was the word. We find out later, a little teaser, a little... uh, uh, Some foreshadowing that I'm just going to crush and tell you that the Word is Jesus, the Son of God. In the beginning was the Son, the Word. And He was with God and He was God. John is making a statement there that we need to take note of. In the beginning was the Word. He tells us that is the Son. That means that the Son has always been. He never came into existence, but is eternal. And the Word was with God. Okay. Now, to be with someone means that you're not the same person, correct? You have if you're with someone, that means there's two people now. And so Jesus, what John is saying is that Jesus is a person by himself, that the father is there and Jesus is there with him as the son. And then it ends with this. And the word was God. So not only was the son with God, the father, he also was God. Are you confused? Yes, that's exactly where you need to be. Okay, it's exactly where we need to be. This is good. We know that Jesus has always been as the son. He's a unique person, but he's also God himself. This is what we see in creation. We see all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all working together as part of creation. And that's what I'm trying to help you see. The second point is this, three persons through Christ's life. Man, one of the most beautiful pictures of the Trinity working together as God is, is in the life of Christ. Um, man, look at this, Mark 1, uh, beginning verse 9. Uh, this is the story of Jesus' baptism. We know that Jesus is the Son of God, um, so let's get that out of the way. Um, but Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan. Jesus is physically on the earth as the Son of God, and he's getting baptized by John as soon as he the son came out of the water he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove so where have we got so far we've seen the son being baptized the spirit coming down from heaven and but where's the father let's keep reading a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son with you i am well pleased if this voice is calling jesus son then whose voice is it not a trick question the father yes i don't call your kids son call my kids son because i'm their father and so right here as i told the first service this is one of those moments um like this is up there this is above like parting of the red sea like this is above the walls of jericho falling down like if i had a video Imagine that, video cameras, cell phone, right? Somebody captured this moment, the Son of God in the flesh being baptized, the Spirit of God descending on him and hearing the voice of the Father speaking over him. Y'all, see the Trinity in that moment. It's a beautiful picture. And as uh, Miss Jean Brown said this morning, oh, I'm going to see it. I'm going to ask God to when I get to heaven, and he's going to show me. She said it much less sassy than that, but is added by me. Um, but the most incredible statements, so this is really, really cool, but then the most incredible statements regarding the Trinity are made by Jesus himself. Look, just write these down for you to look at later. Luke 24, 49. Um, just listen to how Jesus, it's, it's reminiscent of how Paul speaks of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Remember that Jesus is the Son. He says in verse 49, And look, I am sending you, my disciples, what my Father promised, as for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. What the Father had promised was the Spirit of God to come and empower them. Then he says in John 14, 5-17, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because he doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. The Spirit, the Father, the Son. One more just for fun. John 14, 26. But the counselor, this is Jesus talking again, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The Father sending the Spirit in the name of the Son. Each of these speaks, each of this speaks of the three persons of the Trinity without much question. This shows me that we are, this is, As we see this, right, and and I start, I'm wanting to draw a chart. Okay, who's doing what here, right? Like, let's let's slow this down a bit. Listen, again, don't stress over how this works. Only rest in the fact that it does work. That's the biggest thing that we need to take away. We need to recognize how can God be three separate persons? We're not going to be able to understand that. We'll talk about it in a second. The biggest role that we see God play as Trinity, just total selfish, I think, is in his salvation, in salvation in Christ. Point number three is this, three persons in salvation. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 shows us this. Paul spends the first chapter describing how each person of the Trinity participates in your salvation. If you're a Christian in the room, it wasn't just Jesus who saved you. (laughs) All all Father, Son, and Spirit were all involved in your salvation. I want to show you. This is Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he has lavished on us in the beloved. Paul uses four verbs here to talk about the role of the Father. Two of them are happy clappy and fun, and two of them uh, are confusing. But we're going to talk about all four. All right, here we go. Let's start with the happy clappies. Paul says that the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. If you are a Christian in here today and you have experienced a blessing from God, you need to recognize and give thanks to the Father because that blessing that you received was put in motion by him. If if you've experienced God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, that all began at the Father. He's the one who blesses us. He's the blesser. Is that a word? Because I'll tell you, word did not give me a squiggly under it. So anyway, um, at the end, Paul says that he has lavished his glorious grace on us. The Father has lavished his glorious grace. I don't know the full definition of lavish, but it's more than given, isn't it? It's a it's a heaping. It's a it's a it's a loving heaping. That's the way that's Heath's definition, okay? A loving heaping. Um, it is lavish. It's more grace than you could ever imagine and it's given in an overwhelmingly loving way. The Father is active in your salvation. Paul uses two verbs that um, if you've been around church a while, they probably made you uncomfortable. Um, He says the Father chose us and the Father predestined us. Don't get bogged down here for the love of all that's good. Let us not get bogged down here. Let us not stress over what is hidden, but may we rest in what is revealed. Amen. Um, It is clear, though, in my salvation, there is more going on than a transaction. And if you're a Christian, you can acknowledge that it was your salvation was more than I repented and God gave me life. Because Paul is reminding us here that God's salvation plan began long ago for all of humanity. God has been working the story of redemption of all of humanity throughout human history. We sing a song, even when I don't see it, you're working. We know that God is at work. Romans 5.8 says, but God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not wait for me to get my life together to send Jesus. He was sent long before Heath could ever, before my repentance was ever put in the mail. I praise God for that. Hanging above my couch at home is 1 John four nineteen. We love because he first loved us. Even when I'm really getting after the Christian life and loving God well, it is only because God first loved me. There's nothing good in me that was not placed there by God. And for a long time, I wrestled with the predestined word, and, and I'm, I'll just tell you I'm tired of it. It's a biblical word. we got to talk about it. But here's what I know. No matter what you believe this word means – We can all agree that the Father was working in your life before you trusted in him. We believe that. The Bible says it. You better believe it. (laughs) And the more we try to drill into that idea, the more we're tiptoeing towards hidden things and not revealed things. So back up and just find joy in the fact. What I think is Paul's driving point is that God loved us first. Going back to the book of Ephesians, Paul shows us next the son's role in our salvation. Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him, talking about Jesus, the son, we have redemption through his blood, the son's blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Skipping on down to verse 11, in the son, Jesus, we have also received an inheritance Because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. Paul says that the son is the one who purchased your redemption. You were still in debt if Jesus had not shed his blood. We just got back from the beach and and I'd like to tell you, uh, well, my mom and dad pay for all of it. Like, I, it's it's embarrassing to think about, but, like, it's just, it's what it is, right? Like, it's just, they do it all. There's a few things we pay for, okay? Um, but we get to go, and it's awesome. And, like, what I've found is that um, m- mom and mom gets to call the shots sometimes because she's, the rental's in her name. And so if mom says, hey, Heath, how about some burgers tonight? I say, yes, ma'am. And we go get hamburger meat, and we cook burgers that night, right? Because she's the one who has paid the redemption—the bill that I owed for my vacation has been covered by her. Not comparing my mom to Jesus; she's a great woman, but she would not be comfortable with that analogy. Um, But that's what we see in Jesus: if His blood had not been shed, there we are still in sin. The blood had to be shed. Though God, the Father, had a plan from the beginning to save humanity, Jesus had to accomplish it through his blood. The redemption comes through his blood. Our forgiveness of sins, Paul says. And through all of that, glory is being brought to the one who is already at work, the Father. And then we see the role of the Spirit. And I'm just going to tell you, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and we didn't talk a lot about the Spirit because it, made a lot of people uncomfortable, right? And it was a joke, a long-time joke. If you didn't grow up, like, in a Baptist church, then you probably use this joke. But um, that uh, Baptists believe in the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Y'all familiar with that? Um, because we say we're a people of the book. Uh, I grew up as Southern Baptist, so I would say that. But um, we replace the Spirit with the Bible because it's more comfortable <laughs> for us. But the truth is, man, the, the Bible screams from beginning to end. That that the spirit of God is involved in our lives, and we need to acknowledge it. We we as uh, I grew up I grew up this way, and and but we've got to begin to talk about the spirit more. We've got to begin to figure out how the spirit interacts with our lives on a daily basis, what it means, uh, how the church should look different because the spirit of God has indwelt his his people. Right, like all this stuff is stuff we got to talk about. But um, let's look at part of it today: Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In the Son, in Him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. The Holy Spirit of God, Paul says, seals our salvation. And then he says, Pretty much the same thing that uh, is the down payment of our inheritance to the praise of his glory. Again, giving glory to the father. This is such a great picture. Ephesians one is such a great picture of all three persons of the Trinity and the role that they play. And here's here's what I need you to understand. Your salvation is not complete if the father doesn't act. Your salvation does not, is not complete if the Son does not act. Your salvation is not complete if the Spirit does not act. This is what we see in the text. Three persons of the Trinity, equally powerful, equally uh, good, working for your salvation together. And I'm just going to be honest with you. At seven years old, when I trusted in Christ, I didn't know none of that was going on. I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I needed Jesus, and I was told he died for my sins, and unless I believed in him, I could not be saved from my sins and have a relationship with God. And I said, I need that, and I did it. So I'm not saying that any of this, any of these truths I just share with you are essential for your salvation, but aren't they good? When you see how God saved you from your sin, and he didn't just do it like in a simple, like, once and done way like it's this beautiful picture with cogs and wheels that were moving that you didn't even know were moving that's good the fact that the father son and holy spirit are all needed for your salvation is a beautiful picture they're all at work this is good and it should bring us to a place of just man let me ask you Did you realize that your salvation was part of the Father's larger redemption plan that goes all the way back to the beginning? Did you realize that? Did you realize that in the Son's shed blood, you received redemption with the Father, you received forgiveness of your sins, and one thing that we didn't even talk about, you received the insane, His blood bought you the same inheritance that Jesus received from the Father. Did you realize that? As you realize that the Holy Spirit seals your salvation. If you worry tomorrow that you're not a Christian anymore, stop it. If you're a Christian today, you will be tomorrow because the Holy Spirit of God has sealed it. He has sealed your salvation. And He's the down payment, He's the little appetizer. The, the, the presence of God that we'll experience one day in heaven, we get to experience here on earth because the Spirit indwells us. It's a, little, it's a little taste, but it's beautiful. If you're like me, I didn't realize the fullness of what was going on when I was saved. When I think back over Ephesians chapter 1 and I see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together to save me, to save us, I get overwhelmed. And what we've seen is from Genesis 1 all the way here is that we serve one God. But this God exists as three distinct persons, each having a particular role and each one being fully God. So the big question What does it have to do with me? Great lesson, Heath. Thanks for the knowledge. What does it have to do? Does this have any bearing? Does the fact that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have any bearing on your life? I am hopefully in the next few minutes going to tell you yes. Three thoughts to walk away with today, and they're on your handout because I didn't want you to butcher it and miss one of the... Ha- I didn't want me to butcher it, you to butcher it. to make sure you got these three things. The first thing is this. Stop trying to make this fit. Stop trying to make it fit. Every time I talk with people about the Trinity... And I'm going to make somebody mine in the next few minutes. It's going to be okay, though. we Lord will forgive each other. Every time I talk with people about the Trinity... They want to bring up analogies. God is like fill in the blank, and you've probably heard these in the past. That they're they're good at heart. That their desire is to put the Trinity on a shelf that we can all reach. I want to share some of the ones I'm familiar with. Um, God's like an egg. There's a shell. There's the white part, which is the albumen, learned in the first service, and then there's the yolk, which probably has a much fancier name too. Um, but the shell, the white, and the oak—three the oak. parts make up one God. Okay, that's one thing I've heard. Um, water, uh, God is also like water. Water can exist as solid, gas, a solid, liquid, and gas. I'm not sure who gets to be the solid one there and who gets to be liquid. I'm assuming the gas is Holy Spirit, but I don't know who gets to be the other two. Um, solid, maybe the sun. The sun, because he's on. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, so, Father. Okay, we got that. Then there's uh, the three-leaf clover. Which is my least favorite of the bunch, but um, anyway, three leaf clover. And then um, God is like God's like a man who is a father, um, and he's a, uh, a a man can be a father, uh, a son, and a, an uncle at the same time. All right? So here's the okay. That confused you. It's because I okay behind the curtain, I had it written as a woman, and then I got told, hey Heath, don't say God's like a woman. Uh, multiple people told me that, and so. If, God's not like a woman, okay? He's God. Anyway, I was trying to change it on the fly, and it was more confusing. But each one of these analogies, listen, each one of these analogies focuses on one particular part of our biblical definition, and that's good, okay? Each one of them focuses on a particular part. They may focus on the God is one part. They may focus on the God in three persons part or the being equally God part. But none of them do all three. And it's why for 2,000 years, as soon as somebody comes up with one of these, the church goes and says, stop. Every single one of these falls. Every single one of these fails. You cannot draw a picture to describe God. You cannot make sense of God in the natural world. <laughs> Listen, that's good. Son, it's good. Church. Church. Because if I can draw a picture and explain to you the nature of God. Then he ain't God. Next April, Kelly and I will celebrate 20 years together. You're, you're doing the math in your head. We were not married 20 years ago. We started dating 20 years ago. Dated seven and a half. Married for whatever the rest is. 2009. I know the date. And so. I've known her for 20 years. But guess what? No matter how many more years God gives us together, we will die not knowing everything about each other. Okay? That's just the truth. I cannot know everything about that woman. And I'm not saying women are complex. I just mean in general. I can't know everything about her. She can't know everything about me. And guys, if I can't understand a human being... Who God created to be here? How in the heavens do we become so arrogant and boastful that we can make sense of a God who's way up here? Oh, put me down there, right? It's good that we can't draw a picture. It's good that the egg analogy doesn't work. Cook them, but stop trying to explain God that way. Like this is this is a good thing it's good all of these others throughout christian history have been viewed as heresies which means not things we need to discuss or talk about so so now we begin to look at when you find here i'm gonna share this week. when you find yourself wrestling with a Trinity, you get frustrated right you're getting oh man i don't even know how can god be three and god be one stop in that moment and thank god that you're confused Thank God that you don't have a clue. Do it. That's. It's been a life-changing moment for me um, because if we could make sense of the very nature of God, that would put us above God. And I remember a couple trying to do that at some point in the Bible. Adam and Eve. Yeah, it didn't go well. So let's, let's back off of that. All right, it's a good thing we can't understand God's nature. The second thing is this. God exists in community, and so should you. <laughs> from the beginning of time, God is in himself a community. Right Aside from Christ's time on the cross in which he took on the separation of God that you and I deserve, the Father has never been alone, the Son has never been alone, and the Spirit has never been alone. They've always had one another, and I know it's weird. Again, your wheels are turning. Stop. Just rest in it. Find joy in it. If the, if, if the Father Son and Holy Spirit exist together to never be alone, you shouldn't either because we're created in God's image. You need the local church and I know a good one. It's this one you need to find a local I'm not talking about go to church I'm talking about be the church, be a part of the local church sink your roots in because you need this specifically here at east we believe groups play a big role there that's a terrible time to talk about groups because we're during the summer and we're not doing groups during the summer but this morning this this morning the first service we signed we signed a whole family up to be a part of our life groups that are going to be meeting this summer they're the same groups that have been meeting all year but they're going to be meeting this summer to do some fun stuff at least one fun thing and staying connected through prayer requests and so this is a family that wasn't in a group, and now they are. They were doing life alone, and now they're not. You need a group, and we would love, Miss Kathy's going to be at Next Steps on your way out today. Let her know your name and email. I'll follow up with you, and we'll get you connected to one of these life groups, and you can go hang out and have hamburgers with them this summer or throw axes or whatever you are going to do this summer as groups. Y'all need to be taking notes. That's good ideas. And you can use the connect card in the back of the seat in front of you as well. Fill out the card on the back. You can mark, join a, a group and you can drop it in the bucket on the way out. But we're going to follow up with you. God exists in community and so should you. Third walk away. And this is, to me, just the most moving. Thank God for his multiplied involvement. You see, because God exists as three persons his involvement in your life is ramped up and if you need me to go back to ephesians 1 and show you i will but it's about lunchtime we do not serve some distant god that never interacts with you humanity we don't even serve a god who interacts singularly with us we just we serve a god one god who interacts with you not to the power of three but three X or three times, right? Three times over. God does not just interact with you as the father. He doesn't just interact with you as a son. He doesn't just interact with you, the spirit. He interacts in all three ways. Each person of the Trinity is actively engaged in your everyday life. Church, this is good. You need to feel God's grace today. Guess what? God offers it from the father, son and, And Holy Spirit. Not just from one. You need to feel God's love today. Or his forgiveness. Guess what? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit stand ready. To help you feel the love of God. And his forgiveness. I'm going to say it one more time. For those in the back. It is a good thing that we serve a God. Who is Trinity. A triune God. If you're here today. And you've not yet allowed this awesome, multiplied, loving, gracious God change you yet? I plead with you, let him. Let him. The God who is bigger than you and I could ever dream of or even understand expects humanity to be completely and totally righteous. So he created us. Spoiler alert you stink. You are a sinner. The Bible says that, and your, your life tells that. You're a sinner. The Bible makes it clear that that sin doesn't just make us kind of bad. As Patrick may talk about next week, it makes you dead. Real bad. Dead. Unable to get back to God without help. You are separated forever. You don't have access to this God who exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are separated forever. However, God the Father saw fit to concoct a plan in which you could be made right. He sent His Son, God the Son, to pay the debt that you deserve for your sin. The Son of God died so that you could have life. If you'll turn from your sin and believe that Jesus died for you and was raised to new life, you can be saved from your sin and your redemption paid. And guess what? Just as God sent the Father, or just as God the Father sent the Son to die for you, He's going to send the Spirit to fill you, to indwell you now and forever that's cool. That's cool. If you're not a Christian, meaning that you've never experienced this God that I just talked about, uh, good news is you can literally do what we just talked about. Um, and man, we would love to talk with you about that. We don't want you to leave this place with unanswered questions, um, about your salvation. I know you're leaving with unanswered questions about the Trinity, <laughs> but that's good. Remember that's good. Our head's supposed to spin, but I don't want you to leave with questions about your salvation. So, we're going to have two counselors at the back, decision counselors by the back door. I'm going to be down front, as I always do, or on the front row. Uh, I don't stare at you the whole time, but I'm going to eventually slide to the front row just so that um, y'all don't have to look at me. But uh, um, I, I want to be here. We, we're here to help you work through this. If there's any other decisions that you want to talk about uh, that are in your heart, uh, joining this church, or you've never been baptized, or saved after you were baptized whatever you need to talk about man we just want to help you work through those things so i'm going to say a word of prayer patrick's going to come up worst team's going to come up and then um you can respond however god leads you okay let's pray together father we thank you that um that you did not uh, leave us in our sin but father you uh you put together a plan that was um, more than any of us deserved. Um, Father, you, you, uh, you sought me out, all of us, God. You sought out humanity when we were separated from you. And you made a way so that we could be saved. Father, you used the Son. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you your blood brought my bought my redemption and bought freedom from the sin in my life. And Spirit, I thank you that you indwell me now. God you make life, uh, you make life possible through the spirit. I thank you and I pray that you would help us continue to lead and guide us, O Spirit of God as a church, and as individuals to be faithful and to bring glory to the Father, just as we've seen in the Son. We love you and we thank you for this opportunity to worship. And I pray that if there's anybody here with questions about any of the spiritual things going on in their life, that they would talk to somebody. Give them the strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, let's stand, sing, respond however God leads you.
1: You are
3: Have a seat really quick. Uh, Just a quick reminder, if you need to make a decision, uh, please don't forget to fill out that Connect Card prayer request. We'll take them. uh, Just drop them out uh, in the blue bucket or at the next steps on your way out. A lot of things going on uh, this week. Vacation Bible School is here. Uh, It starts tomorrow night, so if you volunteered for that, if you register your kids for that, that's tomorrow night from 6 to 8.30. Uh, So be in prayer for that. If you're not involved, just please pray for that. Uh, Pray for our kids. It's probably the biggest outreach we do as far as kids uh, without a doubt. And so there will be some kids that are not here every week uh, from the community coming in, and we want to love those kids well. Uh, we want to make the gospel as clear as we can this week. So please be in prayer for Bible school this week. Uh, and if you volunteered, be here on time uh, and get ready for that. Starts tomorrow night. Uh, the other thing is our summer schedule's in there in the middle. The adults will meet in here a little different. Uh, the adults will be all together. The youth and the kids will still do their thing uh, this summer. And the dates for that are down there. Uh, and then uh, our trash panda tickets are on sale. Father's Day. Uh that the game's at two thirty-five. We've bought a section of tickets so we can all sit together and fellowship. Uh they're on sale at the Next Steps Desk. They're sixteen dollars a ticket. Kid and under uh two and under are free. Uh every other ticket is sixteen dollars except the dads and we're giving those for half price at eight dollars to celebrate Father's Day. oh so uh you can buy those tickets on your way out, sign up at Next Steps. Um you're welcome. And uh Those are there. And then last but not least is giving. Uh, We still have four options to give. We appreciate your faithfulness in that. Continue to give uh, as this church continues to move forward. We've got a bucket, an online uh, option. We can still text to give, and you can always send it in the mail. Uh, But again, please pray this week uh, for Bible school. And I said in the first service, pray for Ms. Terry. Like, this is a big week for her, and she's done a lot to be prepared, and it's not her by herself, but, man, she's done a lot. And we appreciate that. And so just be in prayer for her and her whole family, uh, because they get to deal with her when she goes home. Um, and so just be prepared for that. Uh, and then everybody else uh, that's volunteering, and again, most of all, those kids that walk in the door, man, uh, we'll, we'll have a big impression on what they think about church for the rest of their life, being honest with you. Uh, and so we, we want to make that clear, and we want to love on those kids well. But I'm going to pray, uh, and just uh, be in prayer this week, uh, man, for our church. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again so much. Uh, for a church that reaches out, God, and I pray for Bible school now, God, Miss Terry, all the people involved, most of all the kids, God, that'll walk in that door and need you, and God, I pray that we make that message clear, uh, God, and, and we do it well through the week, God, and just be with the volunteers, we have a good attitude, God, even coming after work, uh, God, I know it can be a stressful time, so God, I just pray we all have a good, smooth week, and God, I hope uh, VBS goes well, God, I pray for pretty weather, uh, and God, even pray for the church, God, as we do minister to kids, and just be with us as we do uh, study through the summer, God, even intend the Trash panda's game. God, as we fellowship together, God, I pray we continue to grow as a church uh, and continue to reach people, God. So just be with us. Uh, God, be with this, this church this week in you name pray. Amen.